up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action here on a Monday afternoon, November 23rd, 2020, just a couple days away from college basketball season beginning. And we just had another episode that was released last night, busy week here on the podcast. We talked some college football and some NFL, your uh, football recap for the weekend. That is already out by now. And we're talking some college hoops today, uh, getting you set for college basketball season. But I don't want you to miss out. We're doing Sports Jeopardy live tomorrow night on Tuesday, the 24th at 7.15 p.m. Central Time. That'll be live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show at Jack Vita Show on Twitter and YouTube.com slash Jack Vita. Watch me attempt to take down Nathan Santo Domingo and Chase Beebe, hosted by Anthony Franz. Once again, should be a lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss out on that. Subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss out on any of the good content that we are putting out this week, especially. It's a big one, Thanksgiving week. Let me welcome in our guest for today. It's a, it's a guy who's been on the show a few times, and it's always a treat to have him on here. He is a reporter at the Omaha World Herald. Uh, Andrew Stem, how are you doing today, Andrew? Oh, I'm doing pretty well, Jack. I appreciate you having me back on. It's good to be here and uh, excited to talk some college hoops with you. Like you said, the season just a couple of days away, and uh, especially given the way that last season just kind of came to an abrupt halt, it will be... Uh, very good to have the the squeak of shoes and the, the <laughs> bouncing of dribbles back on our TVs and uh, looking forward to it. it. It seems like, and I assume we'll touch on this here, it seems like it could be uh, as wide open a season as I feel like we've had in a while. And uh, this Love could that. be the Big Ten's best chance to uh, you know, end their their national championship streak. They haven't had one since Michigan State in 2000. And uh there are some good teams in the Big Ten and some kind of unusual suspects at the top. <laughs> yes, yes. We will certainly be getting into that, Andrew. But before we do, why don't we thank our sponsors for the show today? CBS All Access, a great friend of the podcast. And Andrew, I know you are a subscriber to CBS All Access. So I was just curious, how have you enjoyed CBS All Access and what have you enjoyed watching on there? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, I, I wasn't... 100% sure about it because before they picked up the rights to the Champions League and Europa <laughs> League, uh, but I've yeah. really gotten into international soccer in the last few years, and uh, so bought it mostly for that, but have been pleasantly surprised with all of the other offerings uh, that they have. Uh, you and I have chatted about all the shows that were kind of on during our era when we were growing up, uh, Nickelodeon, things like Doug, all that. Uh, and it's nice to, to have that opportunity to go back and feel nostalgic, but also the movies. Um, <laughs> I was watching, they had good coverage of the Masters outside yeah. of what was on TV. Uh, you know, they do the same thing for the NFL, for college football, and it's just another way to kind of pick things up. And, and I assume they'll have stuff for, for college hoops when we get rolling here. And uh, it's just, it's got a little bit of everything, which I really appreciate and uh, definitely worth the money. Highly recommend it. Yes, five ninety nine a month, and you can get a free one-week trial when you sign up at jackvita.com slash CBS. And every time you sign up, this podcast is funded financially, so it's a pretty sweet deal. We appreciate you, the listeners, and we appreciate our friends at CBS. I love CBS All Access. It's really just got everything that I could want with all of the the kid shows from that era, the 90s and the 2000s. And then, you know, everyone knows how much I love reality TV. They got everything on there. All those seasons of Survivor <laughs> and, uh, you know, all that good stuff going back on there. I should actually get in touch with the, the kind people and tell them that I signed up before, but uh, that I would like for you to get credit somehow for <laughs> for this because I feel like I, it, I've already signed up, but at the same time, I, I want to give you some assistance as well. So I should <laughs> get in touch with someone and see if uh, that that's possible because I, I would like to you to get a financial contribution for this. Yes, that would be awesome. And I'm sure uh, I've helped you stay around a little bit too. You're, you weren't sure and then... Uh, I, I hyped it up a little bit and they brought the soccer on and uh, I, sh I should get some credit for that. Right, Andrew? <laughs> you, absolutely, you absolutely should. And uh, you're always on top of things, uh, letting me know what, what new things have been added, what extra things are out there. So I've definitely gotten more out of 
my subscription uh, since we've started talking about it. That is 100% certain. All right, good stuff. And our other sponsors for the day, if you want to pick up some good college basketball gear, you know, we're rolling right into the season right now. We got some other sports going on right now too, college football, NFL. If you want to pick up some gear to rep your team, go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. They got a lot of really good stuff over there in the shop. Chances are, if you've bought licensed apparel before to rep your team, it was made by Fanatics because they partner up with all of these uh, shops, such as the MLB Shop, which is another one of our sponsors. I don't know if you've gotten any of that gear before, Andrew, but they make some good stuff. Oh, yeah. They they do a wide variety of uh, options, You know, whether you're looking, like you mentioned, the, the different shops. They've got good college uh, apparel. Uh, our alma mater, Valpo, is on there. Ooh. Um, but uh, they've got they've got every uh, I think a list of over 500 different colleges. They have various apparel from, and the MLB stuff, the NFL stuff. They have a good they have a pretty decent soccer collection, um, you know, uh, golf memorabilia, things of that nature. If there's something you're looking for, that's probably the first place to check because they will have it almost assuredly. And if they don't, odds are you're not going to be able to get it just about anywhere. (laughs) True that. So yeah, you can log on, go over to my website, jackvita.com, click on one of the ad banners or go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. If you're looking for just baseball gear, which chances are uh, we're probably not going to be rolling out too many more MLB shop ads for the next uh, couple of months because we're in the off season right now, but uh, they do a good job. You can go jackvita.com slash MLB shop. And that's it for our sponsors, Andrew. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> okay, Andrew. Before we do the whole college basketball thing, you sent me a text. I read it last week. Uh, people seem to appreciate your input on the Michigan football situation. Now, I know you've been a Michigan guy for uh, your whole life. You've been a Wolverines fan. So uh, where are you at with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh right now? What, what do you think? What should Michigan be looking at? If you're that athletic director, what, what are you doing past this year? I mean, I honestly feel as though, except for some circumstances, and I don't know if we're going to plan on talking about Wichita State at all, but like, you know, Greg Marshall just either lost his job or resigned before being fired or what have you. But I feel like this season has been so strange for so many reasons and not strange necessarily as in just weird things happening, but, you know, with, with not having spring football and then, you know, some leagues were like, well, we're going to start right away. The big 12 started right away. The big 10 changed their schedule. Then they paused, then they're playing again. You know, the, the PAC 12 has done the same thing. So some leagues have been playing since, um, early September and, you know, Utah just played their first game of the year, on Saturday, uh, I think the last team in college football who was planning to play this season to get their first game in, um, you know, with between guys opt outs and, and things like that, I just don't feel like any coach, really, at least head coach, should probably be on the hot seat for a season like this. Short of, you know, some sort of—I mean, I don't want to say criminal, but something, something that goes awry that doesn't just deal with wins and losses, um, right? You know, I, I think that this should kind of be a free year for not just Jim Harbaugh and, you know, James Franklin is struggling Penn State's 0-5 for the first time in program history. Um, and it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, you definitely don't have the same team. The vast majority of them don't have the same team that they were anticipating fielding, you know, when they're getting ready for spring football in, in early March before this all kind of took over. And, you know, I, I think that um, my opinion is, you know he's he's been a good coach. The, their worst season I think was a few years ago. They went eight and five. You know Michigan was they had that brief kind of uphill climb in Brady Hoke's first year, but for the most part, ever since probably two thousand and three, except for a couple of brief blips, uh, you know towards the tail end of the Lloyd Carr era, that they've just been a down program, and they're not a down program anymore. It's just that the gulf between you know, the top four, five, six programs in America and everybody else is pretty vast. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not something that's going to get made up overnight. And I'm of the opinion, if he wants to leave, 
you know, that is certainly his prerogative. I know that he got burned out in San Francisco after five or six years and wanted a new challenge after Stanford when he went to San Francisco. I think he was at Stanford for five or six years before he'd been at the University of San Diego. So if he wants to move on, that is certainly his prerogative. But if he wants to stay, I don't honestly think that there's right now a better coach who's out there who could come in and, you know, you run the risk if you out and out fire him, let him go of, you know, starting this cycle all over again. And, you know, you, keep, you can't keep changing coaches every four years and just hope that you get lucky and finally hit the lottery. I mean, I feel like the opinion was they hit the coaching lottery when he decided he wanted to leave San Francisco and come to Ann Arbor. And so I, I, I think they should, you know, uh, one of the options is because they don't want to go into next season with him without having, without just basically being a lame duck. So I, I, I think the best option is to offer him a small extension, you know, two or three years, um, maybe for a little bit less money than what he's making now. And if he decides to take it, then see where things are in a year or two. But, um, you know, when they, when they took the field on Saturday night, and this is to not make excuses, but, um, you know, the, the guy they had, Two all Big Ten players come back, uh, say they were going to come back for their senior seasons um, in Levert Hill and, or Ambry Thomas rather, and uh, Nico Collins. And then both of those players decided to opt out. Then uh, two offensive linemen were injured. Uh, both of the starting defensive ends have gotten injured. So the, the team that took the field on Saturday wasn't anywhere close to, I think, the one that was envisioned. When, yeah. uh, you know, when they were drawn up after the, the last season had ended. But at the same time, the struggles are real, and it seems like there are some changes who will have to be made. Um, I think uh, defensive coordinator Don Brown has certainly become a non-favorite among large portions of the fan base, and I, I think to a certain extent that's a fair criticism when uh, Rutgers quarterback uh, Noah Vedrill, who transferred from Nebraska, and I got to see him play uh, at Nebraska, and then he set a new career passing yards last week um, or on Saturday night with like a hundred more than he'd ever thrown for before. Um, and, you know, Michigan's given up an average, I think of something like 35 points. So there have definitely been defensive issues. And so if, if the administration decides they want to try a different defensive coordinator, uh, you know, that certainly is, is fair, but I don't think based on everything that's happened this year and kind of where Michigan was as a program, before Harbaugh came in and where they are now as a program, uh, I don't think that I, if I were the athletic director, that's not a change I would consider making. But uh, if you read some of the web pages, I might be in the minority <laughs> when it comes to that. So, yeah, I'm on the same page with you, Andrew. I've gone back and forth a little bit, but you, uh, you brought me back in with your defense. I gave you credit on my episode on Friday. Do you think that that pressure cooker and you mentioned the web pages do you think it's just like so much a product of people right now like to just knock people down or they have a short attention span they want to move on to the next thing after a short bit of time what do you think that is i mean i i, I think that there is an unwillingness on the part of a lot of fans and i don't think this is specific to michigan fans because other programs have gone through it and I think it's pretty fair to say that teams like Tennessee and Texas and Nebraska are also going through it right now. Yeah. Um, Florida State. Florida State's another one, absolutely. Um, that, you know, teams who were good um, but aren't good now just have an unrealistic sense currently of, of where, you know, kind of where they fit in in, in the landscape. And, um you know, the I feel like 25 years ago, maybe this is an, an incorrect statement, but I feel like 25 years ago, you know, the a bunch of really talented guys, the top high school players in America, kind of wanted to go to Tennessee or they wanted to go to Nebraska. They wanted to go to Michigan. They wanted to go to Texas. They wanted to go to Notre Dame. And, you know, Brian Kelly has done a good job of writing the ship. Uh, they're in a good spot. And they, they, you know, bottomed out a few years ago and went four and eight. And people were calling for his job. And yeah, he got another opportunity, and maybe this is something similar for Michigan. But I feel like, you know, people look at at Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia, and 
I think their fan bases all go, well, if they can do it, why can't we? And it's kind of gotten to the point where, and I feel like it goes in cycles, but, you know, it seems like every decade or so, there are five or six programs where if you're an elite high school football player, this is where you, you want to go to one of these five or six schools to go and try and compete for a national championship. I mean, it was USC, you know, for <laughs> yeah. the, the first decade of the 2000s. And now, you know, USC has kind of become in the, in the same place. I would say they're probably in a similar position to where Michigan is. I mean, they're winning more games, but, you know, they fired um, Lane, Ki- or Lane Kiffin left, and they've cycled through coaches ever since Pete Carroll went to the NFL. And uh, I don't know how much longer, you know, Clay Helton is going to be there. I think people want Urban Meyer to come out of retirement. I don't know how that's all going to play out, but I mean, it's as as you've seen. It seems just like it's the same kind of five or six teams that you sort of feel like will be competitive for the national championship every year. Yeah, um, and that's that's as as we're we're trying to bridge a gap here. I feel like that's kind of why I am especially excited for this basketball season, even though it's not going to look like a traditional basketball season. And the NCAA tournament may not even look like a traditional one, but it will. You know, being played all in one city and it may either be stretched out or shortened based on court availabilities and things of that nature. But I feel like there are probably 10 to 15 programs, if you looked at the, the top 10 to 15 of the, the most recent AP poll, that I would say you could make a case have a legitimate chance to win the national championship. And, and that's it's just so interesting that because I feel like whenever a college football season starts, you're like, well, okay, Alabama will be there. Georgia, as of late, will be there. Ohio State will have a chance. Maybe Oklahoma, although they've, you know, they're probably on the outs this year. But it just kind of feels like when you're cycling through the same programs over and over again, and um, there's there's five, six, maybe seven who realistically have a chance to win a national title. And if you're not one of those programs, um, you know, you either have to be realistic about where you are, or you keep trying to change coaches until you, you know, find your your Dabo Swinney or uh, somebody like that, and that's a decision that Michigan's going to have to make. And you know, I'm certainly thankful that it's not uh, my decision to make. That that there are people, you know, the athletic director gets paid a lot of money to make these decisions, but I wouldn't begrudge any athletic director who looks at this season and just decides that based on whatever number of factors they don't want to get rid of their coach. I think that's a, I think I think I think this is just such a the way things have happened this year, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, the NCAA is giving all athletes the, the free year of eligibility. I sort of feel like coaches should get the, the same kind of thing yeah. because I don't, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I don't think for the most part, one bad season is going to set your program so far behind that you can't recover. Right. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you for all of that. Pretty much everything you just said. I got one last college football thing to touch on because we got we were discussing it a little bit on Twitter. I was throwing it out there the other night, and I was saying, man, I really want to see Cincinnati or BYU, one of these schools, get in there. I'm a big fan of expanding the playoffs. And you brought up, hey, they actually do have a shot. One of these schools could get in there. And then as we dove deep into college football last night, we sort of looked at that and we said, well, if Notre Dame gets blown out by Clemson or they beat Clemson, one of those teams probably falls out and you got to find someone to put in there. Big 12, you're looking at a two-loss Big 12 team. Is the Pac-12 really that strong? Maybe Cincinnati or BYU does have a chance. It's, it's going to be really, really interesting because, I mean, you'd figure it's the SEC will get a team, right? And it's course, either yeah. going to be Alabama or Georgia, right? Because I don't think there's any way, unless Alabama loses to Auburn, that um, anybody else can win the West. I mean, it's not going to be LSU. It won't be Arkansas. So, and Texas A&M needs some help because A&M or because uh, Alabama beat them early on. Yeah. So, um, so it'll either be Alabama or Georgia. Although at this point, Georgia with two losses, if Georgia beats, I guess. Alabama or Florida, rather. Yeah. Um, 
if Florida keeps going and then, you know, if Florida wins and they beat Alabama, they're probably they're going to be in. And then the question becomes, what do you do with a one-loss Alabama team? But assuming Alabama is undefeated. Yes. And um, that Notre Dame beats Clemson. So you get Alabama, Notre Dame. Um, the Ohio State Northwestern winner. Yes. Uh, the Big Ten winner, assuming the Big Ten winner is undefeated, um, would be the third. And then, you know, if you're looking at an undefeated Cincinnati team versus maybe undefeated Oregon, um, you know, Cincinnati will have a full 12, 13 games they will have played. Oregon will have played seven, assuming none of their games get canceled. Um, you know, that's it's going to be an interesting thing that for the committee to try and, and weigh out and, and see. But I think this is as good a year as any uh, for as we've talked about how sort of strange things are yeah. <laughs> i think this is as this is as good a year as any for a non power 5 team to try and to try and break through and um, you know if it's cincinnati that would be awesome um, i don't know if byu is going to quite have the um, you know their schedule got obliterated with teams going to conference only they were supposed to play um, Michigan State and things like yeah. that. So, they, and I know Michigan State has struggled. Um, so that would be more of a a name brand win than anything else. But um, you know the the I don't know if BYU's wins are there. Um, they did have that uh, game where they blew out Boise State on their blue turf. They did. Yep. And uh, they talked about trying to get a game together with Washington this week, but I think you know because. Uh, BYU wanted a guarantee. It sounds like that the game would be played that they wouldn't end up throwing if another Pac-12 game couldn't be played. That Washington wouldn't get locked into one of those games. So I don't think it's going to happen. But um, it it would be it it would be really good to see a non-power five team get in. And and I think you're right. I think expansion ultimately has to happen. Um, whether it's six, whether it's eight. Um, but, you know, it, it's just so strange that one of the things we love about the NCAA tournament for basketball is that, you know, the idea of the mid-major school rising up and, yep. and, and knocking off the power conference school. And the thing that we love in, about basketball is not something that a lot of people want to put forward <laughs> in, in football. And, uh, I, you know, and, and, and what about Coastal Carolina? I right. Mean, Coastal Carolina has you know the win over kansas which i know isn't great but they've also you know they'll be looking at playing probably a one lost louisiana lafayette team um in the sunbelt title game that win over app state is good and um it's it's been a good year for the the non-power schools and it would be nice to see them kind of be rewarded with a with a spot and you know at some point you have to get a power five or a non-power five school in there and then if they end up losing by 50 when you know all the power schools are like, oh well, if they played Alabama, they'd lose by fifty. Well, then right. if they lose by fifty, you know, then 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 you know that you're maybe you won't get a shot for a while until expansion actually happens. But until you put the players on the field and say, hey, go do it, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andrew, we've uh, alluded to this college basketball preview. Let's get into it now. It is going to be. It seems like it's going to be an awesome year, Gonzaga as your AP number one team in the country. And I got to say last year, you know, Evan and I did that episode where we, I'm not sure if you listened to that one, but we just sort of ran some simulations and we tried to project what would happen. If there was a March madness, we borrowed a bracket from the NY post, I believe it was. And, Mm -hmm. um, we ended up, Evan was big on Michigan State, and he ended up winning in the simulation. But I, I, I thought Gonzaga was actually going to win it all last year. Yeah, they, uh, they looked really good. There was, um, you know, Gonzaga looked good last year. Kansas looked good. Baylor was good. Uh, yeah. I certainly wouldn't begrudge Evan for, for liking Michigan State. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, as, as a Michigan guy, I kind of would. But at the same time, uh, Cassius Winston – and Xavier Tillman, those guys were were playing their best ball right there at the end, and it's a shame that you know you didn't get to see it. But Gonzaga brings almost everybody back. Um, you know they've got uh, Joel. I'm not going to say it right. 
I don't know if it's Ayai. I don't quite know how you that say works. it. That works. We'll and, go with that. My, my apologies to, to your listeners who follow <laughs> Gonzaga Hardcore and are screaming. <laughs> oh, Roger Powell Jr. is there somewhere. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> at, their, at their devices that they're listening to on this right. <laughs> how do you not know how to pronounce this guy's name? But, uh, you know, they come back loaded, um, and they are going to be well-tested. They open on Thanksgiving Day against Kansas. It's gonna be an awesome uh, yeah. game to have that on Thanksgiving Day. Like that's gonna be running against. Is that up against the Lions game? I know you're a Lions fan. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it gives me a reason to watch. This this is not the discussion for my the time or the place to talk about my thoughts on the Lions. <laughs> well, my my belief of college football coaches and college basketball coaches not losing their jobs because if this COVID season does not extend to. Uh, <laughs> to the NFL and uh, I think Mac Patricia needs his walking papers, but that's another <laughs> discussion for another time. But yeah, then they, then they, uh, you know, they got that game against Baylor uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, uh, not the Saturday after Thanksgiving, the week after uh, they got a game against Iowa. So if, if Gonzaga enters West coast conference play undefeated, um, they will have earned it because they're going to be play. They're playing three top ten AP preseason top ten teams in the span of just under a month. So they they will have earned it, and uh, you know this could very well be Mark Few's best team. And he's had you know some really good ones. The one with Shemek Karnowski a couple of years ago that made the national championship game and lost to North Carolina. That was a really good team. But yeah. uh, th- these guys are really good. Yeah. And it's it's really unfortunate the way things ended last year. Really, I truly was someone that never thought that that could ever happen in my lifetime. I never thought that a season would just not get finished for a reason other than some type of a player's strike or something like that, which you wouldn't even see in college sports. But maybe someday you could, I guess. I don't know. But now I was I was just really disappointed by that. There were so many great stories from last year, San Diego State. Uh, my cousin Zoe was a senior at San Diego mm. State last year, and Dayton with Obi Toppin, and um, it's unfortunate for some of those schools that they're not going to have that chance once again. But it, it does seem that Gonzaga, who I, I guess they've thrown themselves in the mix pretty much perennially at this point, but they should be just as good as they were last yeah. year. Yeah, they absolutely should be. And, uh, you know, I, I know that game on Saturday, December 5th, that a lot of people got circled against Baylor. Um, I mean, that, <laughs> you know, you talk about opening the, the season against Kansas on Thanksgiving, but that, that game against Baylor that uh, came together in the summer when uh, they started kind of balancing schedules around, I think it was August maybe, when they, they decided, to, when Mark Few and Scott Drew decided to get their teams together to play. Um, it just that's that's when you got circled that as the marquee kind of game of the non-conference portion and uh you know you hope it's one that uh protocols and everything allow to to happen i know scott drew is not going to be making the trip out to uh the mohegan sun because he he's tested positive for covid and his symptoms are minor so he's at home um but the rest of his team is has gone there to, to play in a little bubbleville tournament i can't remember what it's called but um <laughs> You know that that's, but you hope that happens uh, as one of the marquee non-conference showdowns, and uh, I know it's one that a lot of people have had circled on their calendars for a long time. We have three Big Ten teams in the top eight: Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. Is this? Do you think this is you? You mentioned something of Big Ten earlier. Do you think this could be the year of the Big Ten? I mean, it sure it sure kind of seems like it when they've got. Um, five teams i think in the ap top 25 yeah uh including as you said three in the top three in the top eight um michigan and michigan state are the other two in michigan state's like 12 or 13 right and i think michigan's yeah. checked in at 25 Correct. um ohio state's in ohio state and Rutgers are also 23 and 24 believe it or not okay <laughs> yeah so the i mean the big Ten's going to be a grind and this is kind of one of those years where you know teams will be I mean, it will be interesting to see how the selection committee deals with all of this because, you know, if, if teams don't play a ton of non-conference games, like, you know, you may have a team that goes like three and two in the non-conference. 
if they only play a, a handful of games and then you know goes 10 and 10 in the Big Ten and it's like 13 and 12 but could very well still be a team ranked in the top 25 depending on how things shake out because the Big Ten is just going to be a grind yeah. every single night. I feel like everybody knows about Luca Garza in Iowa. Yep. Uh, they're getting, um, you know, uh, Bohannon back uh, yep. after he missed most of last year. Um, you know, their offense will be spectacular. Uh, they're, they won games with offense a year ago. Um, their defensive efficiency was not really good. Um, and I don't know whether that flies better. Maybe you can win six games in the NCAA tournament without uh, quite as, as stout, a stout of a defense. I don't know whether over the course of 20 Big Ten games they'll be able to do that. But, um, you know, Gars is a guy who can go off for 30 and 20 at any time. Um, I mean, and, and Wisconsin, I think, only lost one of their top 10 players from last year, and they're going to be starting, excuse me, five seniors, I think, at least wow. four seniors, at least four seniors, maybe five, depending on how the starting lineup shakes out. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. The team I really like is Illinois. <laughs> getting getting Io Desunmu and uh, Kofi Coburn to come back to school for another year, and they added uh, one of the top guards in uh, high school basketball last year. I think Adam Miller. Um, I think that's that's his name. He's, I think he's from your neck of the woods. So tell me if that's. Uh, uh, I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe maybe downstate Illinois. Oh, okay, um, yeah, probably. Last, last last name is Miller. I yeah. think his first name is Adam. Uh, and if it's it's not Adam, my apologies to him <laughs> and all your Illini fan listeners. But um, you know, getting those two guys back. Um, yeah, he's from Peoria, and his name is Adam. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, you know, Coburn, one of the best bigs in the league, and Desunmu is one of the best guards in the Big Ten, and they were... Brad Underwood has changed the way that he coaches that team because when he started, they pressed all the time uh, and gave up lots of easy baskets, and they were really not good in his first year after he left Oklahoma State. But, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of changed things around. Recruiting has picked up, and uh, they were really good last year. They were one of those good stories that we didn't get to see finish, but, uh, you know, that they're back, and uh, they should be rivaling for the, the top of the Big Ten. Yeah, I was just about to bring up Illinois. I'm glad you did. I think the thing that's going to be the challenge, they don't want to become like some of these other schools. <laughs> In Illinois, Illinois basketball should be relevant every year. There should be at least one good team, whether in Chicago or in the state of Illinois, in college basketball. It's it's a shame that basketball in Illinois at the collegiate level has been somewhat irrelevant for the last 10 years or so. Maybe you want to go back even further to uh, everything post the 05 Illini. But in 2017 to 2018, going into that year, Northwestern had that really great year. They won it, went in, won a tournament game, played a really tough game against Gonzaga, and they had all the preseason hype, all the preseason love, and they regressed dramatically. Now, I don't think that's going to happen with this Illinois team. I think this Illinois team is more talented. I think they're better, but that would be my one concern with them is not resting on their laurels too much. And maybe it is a good thing that they didn't compared to Northwestern. They accomplished something. They won a tournament game and they over-celebrated winning a tournament game in some ways it felt like. And Obviously, it was such an awesome uh, landmark in the school's history to win a tournament game, whereas Illinois, they have more more proof this year, coming in this year, because they didn't get to have last season play out. Yeah, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. I think, honestly, I think the only thing that might, um, you know, might derail them, if there's something that could derail them, is uh, a major injury. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, even though Miller, Adam Miller will take some of the, the pressure off of their guards, um, if uh, Io were to go down, that would be a that would be a pretty troubling injury for them. So you hope that nobody they don't have to deal with injuries, anything like that, because um, you know they're not quite Kendall Gill, but uh, you know <laughs> they they could be the you could bring back the fly and Illini if you wanted to <laughs> from the the late nineteen eighties 
and, and early 90s, they're, they, they will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, would love to see that. And they have a pretty big game. I think it's uh, about a week from now, maybe two weeks. They play Duke. That's uh, that's going to be a pretty awesome game. Yeah, the, the, I, I hadn't realized this. The Wednesday before the big Baylor-Gonzaga showdown, Baylor plays Illinois. So Illinois opens <laughs> up their season with North Carolina A&T, Chicago State, and Ohio, you know, in their little multi-team event uh, that in Champagne that they should win pretty easily, but then their their t- other two games before Big Ten play are Baylor to neutral site. I think that game's being played in Chicago, but I can't remember specifically where. Um, and then they go at Duke, so you know they'll, they'll <laughs> open easy, and then there will be two really big tests. So we'll have, I feel like, a pretty good sense—not a complete and total sense, but we'll have a pretty good sense of where Illinois season is, kind of by the the second week of December. So, Andrew, last year, the Big East was really the power conference. And Big Ten, not too far behind, but Big East last year was just an outstanding conference. I'm looking at these preseason rankings. I see Villanova at 3, I see Creighton at 11, and uh, I don't think I see any other Big East teams in these preseason top 25 polls. I could be wrong. Is the Big East, uh, is it, where, where do you think the Big East stands this year compared to last year? I mean, I think the league as a whole will probably take a step back. Um, I think the teams at the top will be as, as good because I think right. Villanova will be, Villanova's going to be better this year um, than they were last year. Uh, Creighton will be just a step kind of under where they were. Um, because uh, Tyshawn Alexander declared for the NBA draft. Um, but then, you know, you lost guys like, I can't think of his first, Miles oh, Powell yeah. at Seton Hall. Marcus um, Howard at Marquette. Marcus Howard at Marquette. Um, you know, Mac McClung transferred from Georgetown. Not that Georgetown was really, really good. But, uh, you know, there were a couple of guys from Xavier, I think, also who graduated. So there's a fair amount of star power that, that either – declared for the NBA draft or graduated. So the league, I don't think will be quite as good. Um, but I think the, the teams at the top, um, you know, especially Villanova, they're, they're one of those, I, I, I can't remember whether they're preseason three, four, kind of where they fall in that, that general mix of the AP top 25, but, uh, Villanova will be really, really good. Um, and Creighton should be pretty good again this year. And then kind of from third, the rest of the way down, it will be a little bit of a, a crapshoot, I feel like. Well, it'll be cool to see UConn once again moving back into the Big East this year. Yes, that will that will be very exciting. Um, you know, I know people here in Omaha are very excited. I, I don't know whether um, fans will be allowed into the building by then, but just to have UConn both on the men's side and the women's side Ooh, make trips yeah. here uh, is, is something that people are pretty excited about. So, um, and, and, you know, it just feels like it's where UConn belongs. Um, you know, uh, they, their football team kind of tried to, to take them in another direction. But, but UConn basketball in the Big East is, is where it should be. And it's good to have them back. And I feel like it will give them an opportunity on the men's side, not that the women's side needs any building <laughs> as, as Gino's program just keeps steamrolling along. But for uh, the men's side, I think it will give them a chance to build back their identity and um, – you know, rebuild what was uh, a pretty proud and really good program in the the late '90s through the you know probably 20, 2014, I guess with yeah the start of the Kevin Ollie years. So uh, I know that's what they're trying to get back to, and and Danny Hurley's got done a good job, and they've got some good players, and they're probably a year or two away from being where UConn basketball fans kind of think they should be, but. They will be better this year, uh, and they will be welcomed, I think, with open arms in the playing the old Big East rivals, teams like uh, you know Villanova, Georgetown, St. John's. It will be good to have those games be played again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's just so weird to me. It always, it never felt like they should have been in the American. It felt like they should either be moving on in the Big East the way that all these other schools that left the original Big East to form the new Big East did or they'd be one of those schools moving to the ACC. The American just felt a little out of place for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know that, that it, it, 
it's just hard what to build to sell to your fans rivalries against teams you have you know nothing in in common with and yeah. things of that nature and you know no offense to programs like Houston and Tulane and things like that but that just wasn't where UConn basketball kind of identified themselves with and so to have them back and play in teams like St. John's and Seton Hall and Providence again is is something that I know fans will have a lot of buy into and when they're allowed to, to come back, I have no doubt that they will fill that arena and uh, cheer for their program very heartily. Speaking of the American, little bit of a down year for the conference last year. Now, Wichita State, Cincinnati, uh, there are a couple of those teams that are on the bubble. Houston was good once again. Houston is ranked at number 17. What a job Kelvin Sampson has done with that program. Uh, what are you thinking in terms of the American this year, Andrew? Uh, you know, Houston, you talked about Kelvin Sampson, and they were kind of another one of those teams that y- you mentioned. You-, you talked about Dayton and San Diego State and Gonzaga, and they were another one that you just kind of disappointed, didn't get a chance to finish out that season. Yeah. Um, because they-, they had a really good thing going. Um, you know, they'll be good again. I'm interested to see Memphis. Uh, I know they had yeah. a ton of distractions last year with James Wiseman. And- <laughs> right. Uh, you know, but Wiseman is gone. Precious Achua was drafted. Um, and, you know, uh, Penny Hardaway is going to keep trying to bring in, you know, these, these uber talented recruits. And I know they have another strong recruiting class. And now it's just kind of up to, you know, up to him to see if he can coach them all up. They should be pretty good. I mean, I think they're probably NCAA tournament worthy. Um, but then you look at teams like SMU, Cincinnati, there's, there's kind of this middle and it's it's hard to kind of discern between SMU, Cincinnati, I mean, maybe even South Florida and Tulsa, kind of where this third potential NCAA tournament team might come from. And um, I don't know. It, it's, it will be fun uh, to watch. Cincinnati, I think, always seems to be better than people give them credit for, uh, no matter who their coach is. But um, if they can do that again... You know, they've got a chance to be that league's third team, but I feel like at this point it might be Houston, Memphis, and then everybody else. Yeah, it does seem that way. It's uh, It's been interesting to see how things have played out in that conference over the last few years. The Pac-12 has a, a fair amount of teams in the top 25. There's Oregon, UCLA, and um, let's see, Oregon, Arizona State, Bobby Hurley's team. Um, so maybe that's only three. No one really near the top. Um, what what are you looking at with Pac-12? You know, the, I I don't want to keep harping on this. Oregon was another team last year. Yes. That that I felt like they were peaking at the right time. They yeah. Were playing really well. I mean, they won six of their last seven games. Um, you know, with with Peyton Pritchard, they you just yeah. felt like they he's they gone were, now, right? Yeah, yeah. He graduated. He got drafted. But uh, you just felt like they were headed in the right direction. Um, so a, a shame that they didn't get to play. It looks like um, they had three seniors who graduated. And I know that uh, Dana Altman has done a pretty good job of recruiting. And I know um, they just keep adding to it and trying to, to build off of things um, and kind of springboard into next year. Um, and, and I know it's kind of interesting. One of the teams you mentioned is ranked, but I feel like not enough people are talking about UCLA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the job that Mick Cronin did yes. turning around that team because non-conference, they were not good. Um, I mean, last year they lost to Hofstra. Uh, they lost to Cal State Fullerton a few days after Christmas. They were seven and six uh, in the non-conference and then turned around and went 12 and six in the league they had a chance uh, I think they lost to USC in their last game but had a chance to try and win a share of the pac-12 regular season title um, and they would have been one of those teams to have kept an eye on and bubble in bubble out kind of kind of what happens to them but uh, they return a bunch of really good players um, yeah. uh, not necessarily marquee name guys um, but guys like Cody Riley and um, uh, Tiger Campbell, 
and you know they they played well together it took a while i think to kind of buy into what get them to buy into what mccrone wanted them to do as a team but once they bought in they they turned things up and um they they i think could end up being the class of the pac-12 this year arizona state will be fun they've got uh, a lot of guys who can shoot and they brought in a really big recruit in joshua christopher um a lot of people are excited about that so uh you know it's probably bobby hurley's best team there uh out in the desert and uh, another one so i think those three together uh will be very interesting kind of watching how the the pac-12 plays out uh also in addition stanford don't shortchange stanford they could they had a nice thing going for a lot of last year and then they kind of they faded in the middle of the season but um you know they bring a lot of guys back and um they could be another one i feel like those are kind of the four at the top of the pac-12 um and then you kind of got everybody else well it's exciting time for arizona state they have two really good coaches in uh football and basketball um both those programs are on the up yeah absolutely absolutely those the job those guys have done uh in the past few years uh you know bobby and and herm edwards on the football side they've They've turned things around there, and uh, both teams of the the Sun Devils are fun to watch. I love Herm. I just I just love Herm. He's just a good dude, and he I think he's one of those guys that was just perfect to be a college coach. He really cares a lot about young men and wanting to build better men in addition to building a good program, which is something that his pal Tony Dungy was all about when he coached uh, in Tampa and in Indianapolis was getting these guys involved in charitable stuff and just investing in them as humans and not just players. And we've seen so many college coaches really uh, take advantage of guys and, you know, do all kinds of bad stuff. We don't need to go into details with that or name names, but I just thought Herm was uh, perfect for that job. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done, he's done a great job there so far. So a, a ton of credit to him. Yeah, absolutely. We got a few more conferences here to cover. We'll talk Big 12. I think this is, while yes, the uh, you have the whole situation with the coronavirus and this is a weird year. If you want to talk about coaches that this is an important year for, I, I, I look at Shaka Smart at Texas. I think this is, if this season is important for anybody, he should be near the top of the list. Yeah, yeah he's got, uh, you know, he's he's got some big... Um, this is probably his best team. You know, I know there was, uh, you know, a fair amount of, I don't want to say distractions, you know, last year, but with Andrew Jones fighting cancer and, you know, bravely coming back and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I know a few years ago he had Muhammad Bamba, but I think this in terms of overall skill, uh, is going to be his best team. And I, um... He's a nice guy. I would like to see him succeed, but man, the uh, yeah. you know we we talked about it being a grind in the Big Ten. The Big Twelve is is going to be another one. Um, you know, Baylor Scott Drew brought almost everybody back uh, in their preseason. What number two? Number three? Uh, one of those? Yeah, Baylor's number, Baylor's two. number two. So their preseason number two. You know, Bill Self's Kansas team is always going to be good. Uh, yeah, they're number they, six. They may not be quite to the level of last year's team, um, you know, because I think that were a lot of people who thought they could have won the national title. Um, but Kansas will be good. Texas Tech, Chris Beard is building something excellent out in West Texas. Um, but you know, then West Virginia and Texas are also going to be really, really good, or at least on paper should be really good. And uh, so that's you know half your conference who. You know, I look. At, I know you're looking at the um, the AP Top 25. I've got the the Ken Pomeroy site pulled up. And, oh uh, yeah, there are five Big 12 teams in his top nine preseason. And you know, I know wow. I know that they'll they'll play out. And the advanced <laughs> metrics will change and things like that. But um, you know, that's that's pretty remarkable that you got five in the top nine. And um, you know, good that I I like that. I love the Big 12 in that they do the true round robin and that you play everybody twice, home and away. The joys of having a, a 
10 or 11 team league where you can do that because the Big East is going to do that as well. But um, there are going to be some really good matchups, and there are going to be, I feel like, every time the Big 12 plays, there's going to be must-watch TV because <laughs> those five teams are all really, really good. Or at, at least have the, have the potential to be. And, you know, it, it would be good to see Texas have some success because – you know, like I said, Shaka Smart's a good guy. You're talking about, you know, Herm Edwards and, and things like yeah. that. And Shaka's won the right way. He's he supported his players. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you never see him say anything bad about anybody. And uh, you know, he's he's just done things the right way. It would be nice to see him have success. And uh, I think if if he's going to do it, this this Texas team's the one that's going to do it for him. You know, if there's another team in that conference that I'd like to see uh, have some success, it's the uh, TCU Horned Frogs who lost Desmond Bain. He actually got picked in the first round of the draft. My sister Laura was really excited to see him get picked. Um, she used to see him around campus a little bit. I hope I hope the Frogs can be competitive. I know they've had a little bit of a transfer problem. They've had a lot of guys transfer out, but... Hopefully I can catch one of those other uh, power programs playing the Frogs here if they're allowed to have fans. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Desmond Bain, uh, going to be a big loss for their team. But, you know, conversely, you look at it, Jamie Dixon has won everywhere he's been. And there's no reason to think that yeah. that won't continue. Although, you know, again, looking at it, it's going to be a, a grind when you got to play 10 games against those you know, top five teams that we mentioned. If you can go, you know, three and seven or four and six in that stretch, you'll be feeling pretty good about where you're standing overall in the conference. Yeah, totally. I one of the ongoing jokes with TCU kids, my sister and her friends talk about is how uh, Grand Canyon is like the knockoff TCU. They they copied pretty much the logo, they copied the color scheme. But hey, Bryce Drew over there at Grand Canyon now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in uh, replacing Dan Marley. He's back from his uh, coaching sabbatical, you know, after leaving after leave, Vanderbilt didn't work out so well, and uh, is going to try and give it a run uh, in the whack and you know hold no ill will towards him. He was great when uh, he was a coach at Valpo, and wish uh, those guys a lot of success. Absolutely, we got a couple other conferences to quickly run through, uh, and then we can wrap things up. We got uh, SEC and ACC. How about the SEC, Andrew? What are you looking at over there? I mean, I think it's, you know, Kentucky, I think, is a step above everybody else. Uh, We know Coach Cal can recruit, but they've got a fair number of guys coming back as well. Auburn was last year pretty equal to them. Those games were pretty interesting, but (laughs) interesting situation going on with Auburn. They are... uh, banning themselves from the postseason this year yeah trying to take uh see if they can you know uh the speculation was people thought this was a team that wasn't going to make the ncaa tournament anyway so if they just (laughs) offer themselves up a postseason ban that uh, maybe they can they can avoid the ncaa's hammer i don't know whether or not that's going to happen but you certainly admire the 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 bravery there to try and take care of that um i think kentucky you know tennessee should be pretty good but you know uh they, they lost a couple of, of big pieces um from last year's team a couple of guys graduated so they may take a small step back but um uh you know kentucky tennessee lsu lost skylar mays but they were pretty competitive last year yep yep so and and then you know Georgia wasn't really competitive, but they had Anthony Edwards. Now they're going to take a step back. Maybe Kermit Davis, uh, Mississippi, they've got a chance. Uh, you know, Nate Oates at Alabama, like they're – I feel like this is one of those leagues where they're the pretty two clear top teams, and then there are a whole lot of question marks. Like <laughs> Mississippi could be good. LSU could be good. Alabama could be good like Missouri, maybe South Carolina. I mean, Frank Martin isn't that far removed from taking his team to a final four. So, yeah, but you know, it's just, it's, it's so hard to know. And that's, you know, one of the reasons, and I feel like we've talked about this for a while on the, on the show, but like one of the reasons why basketball is so great, because like you can (laughs) conversely, you can look at, 
Now, I don't think Big Ten prognosticators would have seen Northwestern coming for football, but I don't think it was <laughs> any surprise that Ohio State just continues to, to roll through the Big Ten. Yeah. So, you know, like there's a certain amount of, there's a lot more uncertainty in college basketball, which I think is fantastic. And I'm so looking forward you know, to the season. <laughs> well, if college football, here's another side note. I've been really big on expanding the playoffs this year, in particular college football. If we got to a point where we had a 16 team playoff or potentially something bigger than that, I don't think we'd ever go bigger than 16, but there'd be a greater incentive to get like a, a Bama Clemson game to open up the season because they wouldn't lose a spot in the playoffs by losing that game so you could have like potentially a champions classic of college football to open up the season which i think would be pretty cool yeah i mean i think it's it's weird to me that basically half the teams who play football know that even if they win their conference championship they're not going to have a chance to win the national championship like no matter how it shakes out you know if you if you're from the mac if you're from the Mountain West, probably realistically, aside from maybe Boise State, um, you know the Sun Belt Conference USA, like you, you strive to win your conference, and then like for Conference USA, you win your conference, and maybe you go to the Liberty Bowl, or maybe you know you get lucky, yeah. and if you are undefeated, you get an invitation to one of the big six games. But like here, you know, you win your conference in basketball, you get one of those 68 slots to to try and win it all now i mean there are not a lot of schools realistically who have the chance to win six games over the course of three weeks or whatever it rolls out to be but you at least get that chance and that's 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 why football i feel like i mean i love college football but right like there are a fair number of changes that that need to be made and you know we can expand the playoff talk another time because that's probably an entire episode but yeah <laughs> you know every conference gets an automatic bid and then you have like five at large bids if you want to go to full 16 i mean that's that's a way to do it and look if you know people are like well then the best teams don't get buys i mean realistically what's probably going to happen if i don't even know who's leading conference USA right now i guess maybe marshall <laughs> yeah, but yeah like realistically although marshall's having a good year too as we yeah you, you know but like Realistically, if Alabama were to play Marshall, probably what would the score be? Like, it wouldn't be, I don't think, relatively close. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't know until you take the field. And, like, you know, uh, a 16 has now beaten a 1, you know, with UMBC <laughs> and beating Virginia just a few years ago. So it's like... Which you know, I it, called. Now, now, it, now <laughs> it's happened. And so there's no reason to think that you know, on any given Saturday or whatever, one, you know, team from Conference USA or the Mac or something couldn't rise up and beat one of the big schools. So it, it's it's a shame that in football, not all your conference winners get a chance to try and win it. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, last thing here, ACC, we got to wrap up here real quick. Uh, Duke is number nine. We've got Virginia back at number four. They... We're not the same type of dominant Virginia team last year, but perhaps they're back. And North Carolina is at sitting at 16. They had a big time down year last year. Yeah, they just, you know, it was weird. They had Cole Anthony and just couldn't seem to put it all together. Um, and I think Virginia last year had a little bit of um, championship hangover. Um, yeah. But, you know, they've they've got... Some really, really good pieces coming back. A couple of guys who got key, um, who got key run a year ago, and they're going to add Sam Hauser. Uh, the Hauser brothers. We're actually going to have the Hauser brother battle between Michigan State and uh, Virginia here in a few weeks. Uh, Joey went to Michigan State, and Sam transferred to Virginia, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, maybe Florida State. You know, they've yeah. Leonard Ham- Leonard Hamilton has found a. a a system that works, bring in lots of big guys, tall guys who can shoot and try and make people shoot over you. Um, and you know, North Carolina, the way Roy recruits and the way he coaches, they're never going to be down for long. So, uh, I think the top four in that league will probably be those four schools in, in some kind of combination, but and Louisville lost, uh, Jordan Wara, but they, uh, they could be decent too. 
They they could be, yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things where you know you get in these big conferences and you get a lot of good teams, um, and, and there'll be a, a lot of good players, and uh, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Um, and Duke plays Virginia twice. That could very well be what the regular season comes down to, uh, and it'll be it'll be fun to watch. It'll be a lot of fun to watch, Andrew. If you had to make a pick. Today, on November 23rd, 2020, assuming that we do have a champion this year, which I guess we can't, we have to expect the unexpected, uh, Big Brother style these days. But if you had to make a pick, who are you riding with at this point? Uh, I mean, can we count this unofficially as the 2020 season? I mean, can, <laughs> can, we, can we move this into even year magic that Villanova seems to have, like uh, the Giants had for a while? Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is going to make me real popular here in town, but uh, I, I I would roll with Villanova. Uh, you know, I, I know the the Omahans are not going to want to hear me picking someone from a different league rival, but uh, you know, Jay Wright. Every other every other NCAA tournament, Jay Wright has has gotten it figured out, and since this is every other one since there wasn't the twenty twenty one, I love the pieces they have coming back. Jay Wright is a spectacular coach. If you told me that any of Villanova Gonzaga or Baylor won the national title I would not be the least bit surprised but I'll I'll roll with the Wildcats okay I will go with the Gonzaga Zags I think uh they're they're overdue for one I thought they would have gotten it last year I think they have their revenge tour this season and I think Roger Powell Jr. finally gets a ring that that would be awesome and I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't want to pick Gonzaga just because they were preseason number one. So I'm stepping, <laughs> stepping out on a limb a little bit by picking the preseason number three team. You know, i got to be a little <laughs> bit daring. Yeah, I was just, you know, they are number one, but I'm looking at all those teams you mentioned. Really, you could just put them anywhere you want. I mean, I think you could shuffle around the top ten any different number of ways. But I like the fact that Gonzaga is getting that respect coming into the season. Yeah, yeah. And they have, they have earned it. You know, Mark Few... Getting that team to the Final Four and then the national title game a few years ago, people would say, I'm not going to pick Gonzaga to get to the Final Four until they do it. And now they've done it, and uh, they have just built an incredible program out there in Spokane. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, this was so much fun talking college hoops today. Uh, Hopefully the Valpo Crusaders are good once again. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to chat Valpo today, but I'm sure we'll have another chance to talk some college hoops later on this season. We'd love to have you on again, maybe sometime next month. But uh, Andrew, would you like to uh, promote anything while you're here? You want to throw out your Twitter handle? Uh, Sure. My Twitter handle uh, is A-STEM, S-T-E-M-0-0. You you can find some of my work at omaha.com slash sports. Uh, We're gearing up for uh, their three local colleges here, University of Nebraska, Creighton, and the University of Nebraska-Omaha. Their coverage is getting set to get going. Um, And uh, read my work there. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity for the plug and a a chance to chat basketball and football with you today. It was a lot of fun, Jack. Uh, I will tune in. Look forward to watching Sports Jeopardy tomorrow, and I hope uh, (laughs) we can get a chance to chat again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks a lot, Jack. Well, folks, that concludes my conversation today with Andrew Stem. was so much fun getting back and talking college basketball, working the rust off a little bit. I'm so excited for this week, guys. I've been looking forward to this for, uh, what, eight months, nine months? I was so pumped up for March Madness last year, so when it got canceled abruptly... In the middle of championship week, oh my goodness, I was devastated. That was hard, but what a story this season could be. It's unfortunate that some of those guys from last year, some of those stars, didn't get to have their one shining moment, but we're uh, we're hoping for the best this year. I'm staying positive. I hope you guys are as well. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and that you've left a five-star rating and review. You are not going to want to miss out on Sports Jeopardy live Tuesday night, November 24th at 7.15 p.m. live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. That's facebook.com slash Show, youtube.com slash jackvita, and at Show on Twitter, also my Instagram handle as well. So that way you will not miss out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, do I have it this time? Am I going to win another one? I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. 
little nervous. Nathan and Chase, those guys are no slouches. And this is, oh goodness, it's going to be a tough one. I don't know what kind of questions Anthony's been working on, but we appreciate him. I'm so excited for that. I hope you guys are looking forward to that. Make sure you tune into Sports Jeopardy. Have yourself a great week. Stay thankful. Guys, be thankful. There's so much to be thankful for right now. It's been easy to complain and be upset about stuff, but there's a lot to be thankful for right now. So give thanks to God. Make this a great week. Have some good time with your family. Tell your parents and your loved ones that you love them. Have a great week. And until next time, until Sports Jeopardy, guys, I am Jack Vita bringing the dancing lobsters. 